Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where we reclaim the super shiny lights that burn in each of us. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach who believes in the power of showing up as our flossom selves, even and especially, my friends, when it comes to working through our hard stuff. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get bolder. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. One of the best things about She Finds Joy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other women who are creating more joy in their lives, just like you. You can find us at kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy. All right, let's dive in to today's episode. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and I'm excited to welcome Katie Horner to the show. Katie Horner of HandprintLegacy.com transforms Christian women with a message into queenly business owners so they can get their message out, grow their income, and make a bigger legacy impact on the world. Well, you all know I'm all about making an impact, whether that be in our homes or in our community or in the world. She has also been an expat in Mexico for 12 plus years, a business coach for six, and is also leading the homeschool movement in the Spanish-speaking world. Katie's newest book, Faith Like Flamingos, The Christian Business Guide to Walking Out Your Faith in Bold Color, is out this spring, encouraging business owners everywhere to embrace their uniqueness, their faith, and their unique purpose in the marketplace. Oh my goodness, Katie, there's so much in that short little bio that I just read that I can't wait for my people to meet you. And I'm so excited to interview you. Thank you for having me on the show today. I'm, I'm super happy to be here. I was just reading like you have, how many, how many books have you published, Katie? Uh, we have over 50 some now. We've been self-publishing for a while, so I, I lose count. <laughs> yeah, well, I need you just like through this computer screen to send some of your like special magic sauce over to Kim Strobel because you know I'm a super go-getter type of girl, but there is a book that is living inside of me, Katie, and I'm so stuck. I, I have struggled to bring it to fruition. I am determined. So if you have any like magical powers that you can kind of just throw <laughs> through the screen here, you just send them over to me because it sounds like you are quite the writer. You're a blog coach and a businesswoman and a mother of all these children. And I, I just can't wait to hear your story. Yeah, well, we, we take the magic as it comes and do what we can, right? Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I want to back up and I want you just to walk me through your life. Like you, I know you are someone who has endured a lot of struggle in your life, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain. Um, and, you know, I like how you say like, you're the girl who been to, built a business, you and your spouse from like $5 in your checking accounts or something crazy like that. So take us way back and just kind of tell us who, who was Katie 20 years ago and what were you doing and how did you get to where you are now? Well, I'm in my 40s now. So 20 years ago, I, I would have been in college um, 
back up a little bit before that as a kid and going to a little Baptist church in the mountains of North Carolina, my family always invited the missionaries to our house to eat whenever they came through. And so I was privy to a lot of uh, exciting stories about what God was doing in, in different places around the world. And it, it was in my heart from very young that I wanted to live overseas and be a part of that. And Katie, I'm going to stop you for just a minute because I think that I want you to even def define when you say, you know, you had a lot of missionary people coming to your home and you're like, explain that to those of us exactly. Like, what do you mean by missionary people? Are these people from oh, sure. other countries that would come visit your church? Right. So in general, these were Americans who had gone overseas to do some sort of a ministry work. Um, so for instance, there was a family who were, who was serving in Ecuador with a Christian radio station. Um, there was a, uh, a family that was doing church planting and evangelism work in Mexico. Um, so people who had ministries in children's homes and, and all kinds of things around the world, things that we might call humanitarian work or, or um, Christian evangelism type things. And so they would come through when they were back in the States and sort of give a report or an update to our church. Okay. Thank and, you. And we would, um, we would invite them to our house. And so of course I got to hear all the stories of the exciting things that happened, you know, in their countries and, and things like that. And so it was in my heart very young that I wanted to be one of those people. I wanted to, to live and work in a different country. And, uh, I started learning Spanish in high school because uh, it was what I had to like to learn. And I always figured, well, you know, God, and if I end up in Russia, it's got to be easier to learn the third language after I've learned a second one. So I'll just go with what I can do right now and see where it takes me. And uh, in college, I, I continued learning Spanish. And I also uh, decided to study education because there were countries that you couldn't get in with a ministry visa, but you could get in as a teacher. And so, again, not knowing where I was headed for sure, I decided to teach. Uh, and I love teaching. I've, I've been a, a teacher and a writer ever since I was very small, always teaching someone something. And so I studied education, um, got my degree in elementary ed, and ended up with a master's degree in curriculum development and school administration. And during college, I visited several countries. I went to Puerto Rico and I went to Costa Rica and I went to Ecuador and I went to Mexico and uh, always looking for kind of where, where I thought I was supposed to end up. And Mexico got, got into my heart very early on and um, I decided I was gonna come to Mexico. And so in between my, grad, my graduating from, from college and working on my master's, I actually came to Mexico and I was going to help start a school in a certain area, uh, but I needed to apply for a work visa and I was denied. And so I went back to the States and said, well, okay, I'm not married. They won't let me in to Mexico <laughs> to do what I want to do. So I may as well get my master's now while I'm unattached, right? Yes. So I went back to school and got my master's degree. And during that time is when I met my husband, who um, had also spent his high school years in Mexico with his family um, doing missionary uh, church planting evangelism type work. And he was going to go, his plan was to go back to Mexico as well. And so um, we married, we paid off school debt and started raising the funds to come back to Mexico. And so our, our first three years, we were in Sonora, which is the state that borders Arizona. Um, and we worked at a, a Bible college. And then we transitioned from there over to an orphanage ministry in Campeche, Mexico. 
And that, that so you and your been, husband are both doing this work. Like you're both doing this missionary work. Correct. And correct. so how are you, how are you making a living? Well, the missionary work that we started out to do, like the orphanage, we were only there for a couple of, a, a few months until it was, it was made apparent to us that they sort of brought us on under false pretenses. And so that, that assignment essentially ended and we were stuck here. And so that's when the business started. That's when we had to decide, all right, what are we going to do next? We love Mexico. We don't want to leave. Um, but we got to do something to make money and survive, right? Yeah, right. And so my, our children were just getting old enough to be school age and we were homeschooling. And we started looking around at what, what is available for Spanish speakers who want to homeschool and realized that there was a huge deficit of material available to them. And me, you know, I'm a number one on the Enneagram. I'm the fixer and the, oh yeah, we can do that kind of person. And I was like, well, we could do that. We could, we could create a curriculum so that they have more options and we can provide customer service in, in Spanish and we can provide training for the parents, you know? We, and so that's, that's how our business essentially started. And I remember specifically looking at my husband that, that day that we decided we were gonna do this and I said, when we get to the point that this is making money for us and providing for our family, I want to teach other women how to do the same thing because I know what that freedom means. Oh, Katie, I just got goosebumps like all over my body just now listening to you say that because you're so right. Like, you know, of course we want to make a living. We want to make a good living, but like the real power lies in teaching other people how to do it as well. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's, that's what we did. We started lemonhaas.com, which today is still the only literature-based homeschool curriculum available in the Spanish world. And then we started, um, we, we started the very first in history online summit for Spanish speaking homeschoolers. Nobody had ever done that before. We're in our third year now, and we have an online training course for parents who want to become homeschool teachers for their kids. So these would be anybody like around the world who Spanish is their um, first language and they, they want to homeschool their children, but they don't know how to do it. So you wrote like a K through 12 curriculum. Is that correct? It's, it's preschool through sixth grade and okay. it's, a, it's a compiled curriculum. So we found all the materials that you would need to teach second grade and we put them into a package and we wrote the teacher's guide that tells you what to do what day in order to complete that school year. Wow. And so what year did you write that curriculum? We started in 2011. And then in, in 2015 is when we started coaching uh, other women to, to grow their own businesses online. And so what are some type of, what, like, what kinds of businesses are these women starting and growing? Oh, some of my clients are in the tiny house space and the organizing space. Um, some of them are homeschool. Uh, curriculum creators. Some of them are uh, bloggers in family niches or faith-based niches. Um, I've got someone who's a copywriter uh, and has a copywriting business. So um, somebody, somebody else that was in the uh, fashion for over women over 50. <laughs> yeah. So a, a great variety of, of niches, but, but primarily um, it's a, it, they have a business that has some sort of an online part to it, which almost all businesses do nowadays, right? But um, 
some of them with Etsy shops and things like that as well. So, okay. So you have this, you have this, um, curriculum up and going. You're also teaching people how to use the curriculum if they want to homeschool their children. And did you just like, was there a huge need for this? Like were there lots of people who were finding out about you and needing this and wanting this and wanting to do it in terms of wanting the coaching? Yeah. Like that they wanted yes. to learn how to homeschool their children and use your curriculum. Yes. So the homeschool movement in the Spanish world is about 20 years behind that of the U.S. So I was homeschooled in the early 80s. Um, that's about where the movement is right now in the Spanish world. Okay. And All right. And so you're starting to kind of do this and help these parents be, become, um, have the ability to homeschool their children. But then you also like, how, how did you become like this business coach? Like, <laughs> I, I want to know that story. Well, most of the, most of the circles that I was running in as we started the, the Spanish homeschool business, uh, I was, I was hanging out online, so to speak with English speaking bloggers, um, and, and learning from them and, and sharing resources with them. And because of all the trial and error I had done because of all the courses I took to better myself, um, I was, I was learning very quickly and able to share very easily with other people how to do things. I, I just have this knack for making complicated things simple, especially for the women over 40. Um, my, I grew up next door to my grandmother and, and I sort of, I feel like I have this special way to communicate what is happening in the, the younger tech generation in a way that the older generation can understand more easily. Does that make sense? Yes. But I do want you to give me, can you give me an example? So like, what is something that you have helped someone in the business world do that was just like so complicated to them and, and you just simplified the process and got them there. Can you give us an example? Oh yes. So like how to do a Facebook live video or how to set up your email provider or, um, how to connect your payment to your store and things like that. You know, the tech seems to be overwhelming to a lot of these women who maybe didn't have a lot of technical training early on or didn't, you know, the internet wasn't a thing. 30 yes. Years ago, yeah. Right? Like where were you in 2016, Katie, when Kim's trouble was launching? <laughs> You know, right. like, oh my goodness, like the whole email thing. And then like, we have to get Stripe to process our credit cards. And then it needs to be able to connect to Entreport, which needs to be able to connect to our WordPress site, which, oh my gosh, my learning curve has been huge with all of that. Right, right. And, and so that's the biggest thing. These women have a message and they're trying their hardest to get it out, but then they get overwhelmed or they get stuck in these technical issues. And then they have things like, you know, the thoughts that come that, oh, I'm not smart enough, or, oh, that's a dumb question. I can't ask that or whatever. And so I found that in my coaching, I could create this sort of safe place where there was no judgment, where no question was stupid. And we could walk them through step-by-step -step things that might have otherwise been super complicated and, and out of their reach in order to help them get their message out to the people who so desperately need the wisdom that they have to offer. Yes. And I mean, you know, whenever it's so funny, I tell this story, but, and I said it earlier, just when you and I weren't recording, but I had received this email from Katie and she was introducing herself and telling me who she was. And I thought that she was asking if she, uh, that I thought she was asking me to be on her podcast, but she was actually asking for me to interview her for my podcast. And so I was telling her that, you know, I get these requests every week. And when you do grow your business to a certain level, you do have to vet people. And so I had sent 
Katie's information to my assistant, Danielle. And I was like, Hey, vet this person. Like how many followers does she have? Does she have a good email list? Does she, you know, is it going to be worth 60 minutes of my time to do this? And so Danielle like responds and she's like, yeah, she's got like over 8,000 Instagram followers. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Now I'm like, I got to check this woman out. <laughs> Cause like I have the Facebook followers, but like, I'm not so good at Instagram. And so I said, Katie back. Cause I, I decide that Katie is worthy of getting an hour of my time, so to speak. And then she's like, well, that's great. But I was actually wanting to be on your show, but yeah, I can have you on mine too. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm so glad that it worked out because it's, it's awesome to be able to cross promote that way. Yeah, 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 it really is. And so we do, you have a strong track record for, for being able to become an influencer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we have a, a large Twitter following and we're growing, um, it, growing the, the social reach on, in both languages and, and starting to do more of our retreats and grow the mastermind and things. So there's definitely a need for, for what we're doing. And I just think every one of us has a message. And your message matters to somebody out there. Yes. And if you don't give it, they're not going to get what they need to be successful. And so we need to get over ourselves and we need to get over whatever it is that's holding us back and ask the questions, even though we may feel like they're dumb, so that we can get what we need to get that out there. Because if we don't, then we're just thinking about ourselves, not about the person who so desperately needs that message. I love that. I was just having a conversation with a lady who enrolled in my program and she is a math teacher, but she has this dream. Like she has started a side photography business and her, her dream is to like become a really famous photographer, like to do really big weddings and, and to be very much in high demand. And as I was kind of breaking this down with her, what's holding her back is she's like, but I've only I've only really been in photography for this short period of time. And so I just tell myself, like, I don't have the skill set. You know, it's not like I've been doing photography for 20 years. And I had to remind her, I'm like, okay, Allison. So before 2016, I was not a motivational speaker. But by the end of 2016, I was a nationally recognized motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're trying to make a judgment on your potential based on an old belief set that you have that says, well, I have to be doing this for 20 years to be really good at it. Right. And it was like the biggest aha for her because she was like, you know, it's so true. Like I'm my worst enemy. I'm the one telling myself, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do it all. And that's, what's preventing me from going in big with this. Right. And for some people, it's a superimposed message. Some people are hearing from other people, you can't do this. You're not big enough. You don't have a big enough following. You don't know enough. You don't have enough experience. And heaven knows we've had enough of those outside criticisms on our, our work in our life. But you've got to go with what you believe. Like, is this your purpose? Then don't listen to that. You've got yeah. to go back to, is this what I was created for? Are there people who need this? Then who am I to listen to all those naysayers? I've got to find a way to do this. When we first started our business um, and first started our podcast, um, I reached out to someone who was in my space that was much further along and had recently had a, a, a very successful book launch and things. And, and I asked, I invited them to the podcast and uh, this person's response was that I was not big enough uh, to to merit the time or the you know their their influence to to come on my show, 
And that, it hurt, but it also lit a fire under me. And I said, and that's where our hashtag, never too small, came from. Because you are never too small to influence someone else. You are never too late. You're never too old. There's always, if you're still here, you've got a message to give. That's why you're still here. And you're never too small to make an impact with what you can do. The only thing that keeps you small is you refusing to give it. And I said, I don't ever want to make other people feel the way that that person made me feel. And I don't ever want to forget what that felt like because of the fire that it lit in me to make sure that others know that your message matters. You are important and people who need you, need you today, not tomorrow and next month when you get it all figured out. They need you now. Yeah. And they, and they need your uniqueness. They need, I always say like the world tries to tell you everything that's wrong with you. Like you're too loud or too confident or too quiet or too this or too that. And then we believe those messages and then we feel like we are not enough. And I know for me, I mean, I, and I want to talk to you about this too, but like I have had some public slanderings in my life. Like I've had Mm -hmm. some really terrible, crappy things where the haters and the naysayers, they came at me and it was like this mob squad mentality of like, I literally felt like I was laying on the ground and a bunch of wolves were just taking bites out of me. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it hurt and it was painful and it, 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 it made me second guess who I was. But then out of that actually reemerged this person that said, actually, I'm now ready to show you just how big I can be because you've made me feel small. And in fact, I have let you make me feel small. I have stayed in the corner. I have diminished my light in order to try to fit in and I'm tired of it. And so how much worse can it get? Because you all have thrown the stones at me. You all have bull whipped me. And so I might as well just really let my whole being out and see what happens. And so I, I kind of like you, I used it for motivation. I used it to be like, you know what, let, let me just let all of my bigness come out and let's see what happens. And when I did that, Katie, it's as if the world began to shift for me. And so I kind of want to know about you because you went through a very public slandering and I'd like to know about that. And I think our listeners need to know about it because we do have critics coming after us when we're trying to do bigger things in our life and even big things as like have the difficult conversation with your husband or tell the friend that you're not going to be able to meet that need for her this week. Like I, I call all of those things, big or small, stepping into the arena of bigness. And so tell me a little bit about your experience with the critics and the naysayers. Yeah. So when we first went to Mexico, we had to sort of find our own sponsors. We, we were going to do um, basically ministry work, unpaid work. And so we had to have people who would sponsor us financially in order to go and do that. And uh, when we decided to, to shift ministries from Sonora to Campeche to, to go move to the children's home, the, the first ministry in Sonora was not in agreement with our decision. They, they didn't want us to go and they, um, they, they didn't think that it was a wife's move and they were not, were not in agreement at all. And when we were adamant that this was what the Lord was moving us to do, this was what we needed to do as our next step, then, then it became a little more personal, I think, for them. And in order for them to come out looking good, then obviously they needed to make us look bad. And so um, it, it ended up that, that they went back to those people who had been our financial backers and told a story that was not, uh, not 100% truthful and made us look really, really bad. 
And we lost a lot of financial support when we did that and when we moved. And then there was even more questions because we had come under scrutiny with the first organization, you know, who are you to, to go into this other work and how are you qualified and what do you think you're doing and a lot of this stuff. And then when the second, the second assignment um, was kind of pulled out from under us in nine months time, then, then it was even more, you know, like, oh, well, you'll never work with anyone or why don't you just go back to the States and get a normal job and all this stuff. And it, it was very, very difficult. It came from strangers. It came from people we respected. It came from um, people who had supported us previously that were now abandoning us. And it was very, very, very difficult. And anyone who's ever gone through anything like that knows that it makes you question everything to your core. Yes. And there were some very dark moments there where, you know, it was like, we didn't know what God was doing. We didn't know what the next step was. We couldn't see through the fog. Um, we just knew that this was where we were supposed to be and that the answer would come if we were faithful. And so just day after day, one foot in the front of the other. And man, I tell you, there were lots of days when we woke up without the joy that you talk about, mm -hmm. um, and, and had to try to find it. And that was one of my books is called in spite of myself mm -hmm. and learning, learning to choose praise intentionally. And when you choose to be joyful, when you choose to praise, even when you don't have the feelings to incite it, it does something interesting in that you, the feelings come after that. It's yep. like, it's like loving someone. You don't always feel like you're in love with your spouse, but when you make the choice to show by your actions that you love them, then those feelings often follow. And, and that's how it was for us with, with joy. And eventually, you know, as, as we continue to put one foot in front of the other and follow each, each step as it was revealed to us, um, we were able to overcome that. And, you know, we, when we came to Campeche in 2010, we really thought we would be here for the rest of our lives with just a little tiny, a tiny work of 30 people. And, and our, our ministry and our business last year, our conference online reached 5,000 people around the world. Oh my gosh. Uh, I spoke on 18 stages last year, you know, and, <sighs> and it's just amazing to see how when you're fulfilling your purpose, when you're being true to who you are on the inside, like I say in my new Faith Like Flamingos book, you've got to let what's inside show on the outside. You've got yes. to be authentic. You've got to be true to who God made you. Each of us are made unique and each of us have a purpose to fulfill. And you've got to, to not let anything detract you or distract you or side rail you from doing what you know you were made to do because the others in your, in your flock or in your flamboyance of flamingos are depending on you to do your part, right? Yes. Yes. It's so true. I, I think that your message is so important because this is part of the journey of the entrepreneur. And, and sometimes it's just part of the journey of the human being. I mean, your story is so similar to mine in that I was working in a school that um, had this new principal that we had hired and she just had a lot of personal problems, Katie. And the school was falling apart within six weeks. It was just this big disaster. And the previous principal had done so much work to get us there. And long story short, we had gone on a conference uh, with this new principal, me and this other teacher. And she was just doing, like, I, I can send a dirty text message. Like, I am not a hoity-toity. I, I would never say that, you know, like, I can be crude and all of that. But she was actually showing pictures, uh, videos of men who were doing sexual things 
and sending them to her throughout the school day. Like she was dating all these different guys and long story short, like the fact that within six weeks of her being at the school, that the school had just like gone downhill. And then we're at this conference and she's not acting right during the conference. The conference people come up to us and ask us to have her put her phone up because she's anyways, long story short, we ended up having to report it to the administration. Um, and what happened was the administration kind of like what you said, like they wanted, they didn't want to look like the bad guy. So they threw us under the bus. And then this like whole new story emerged that was not a true story at all. Like the story was like, oh, she just showed them a nasty little text message. And these two hoity-toity girls ran with the text message and turned it into something bigger. And so like the truth never got out there. And so it was like the whole town, just like people that, that were nice to me before, like everybody just pounced and it was brutal. I mean, I would lay in bed at night and my whole body would shake Katie. And I would just tell myself, as long as I have my husband next to me and the little boy down the hallway safe and sleeping in his bed, I can get up and do tomorrow again, you know? And so I think that we don't realize just what that can do, but it was also exactly what I needed to happen in order to, like I said, to go within and be like, you know, quit being this fake Kim Strobel who's trying to people please and trying to be who everybody tells her to be. You go within and you find out who you are and you bring more of her to the forefront. And so I love this story that you're telling because it's like once you went within and decided to let more of you and your husband come to the forefront, it's like when everything blew open in your life, everything blew open in your ministry, everything blew open in your business. Right, right. And, and it's not, not an overnight success story. I mean, we've been doing this now for almost 10 years, but it, it is true that when you are true to, your, to yourself and to your calling, that things definitely do become clear over time. Oh, I just love that. And I think so many people need to hear that because, you know, we're, we're, we're going to jobs that are sucking the soul right out of us. And we feel like we have this higher calling. We feel like we have this impact to make, but we just tell ourselves, you know, it just wouldn't work. I, I would never have the skill set to do it. And in fact, like you say, we are all called to have an impact on others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you, you, if you've been called to it, you've got what you need. Right? Yes. Yes. And you don't have to have it all figured out because he's ready to step in and guide you. Right. Right. So you, you just have to be willing to take that step. It, it boggles my mind sometimes the people who say, well, I can't do that. I don't have the money or I can't do that. I don't, I don't know how. And I'm like, so stop saying you can't and start saying, how could I? Right. I let's, love let's that. Let's take a plan. Let's take a step and, and get out of our heads and start taking some action so that we can yep. do what we were meant to do. And it's hard and it's uncomfortable and you're scared of failure, but we have to do it anyway. Like we have to do it and do it imperfectly. I always tell people, if I had waited to start my business until I knew how to run a business, I would have never started my business. If I had waited to launch my podcast until I was great at having podcast interviews, I would not have launched the podcast. You have to do it and you have to do it imperfectly. You have exactly. to be willing to do it imperfectly. Just take that action. Right, right. Progress oh. over perfection right? It's, yes. it's not going to be perfect. It just needs to, to be done. You've got to take a step. Women really need to hear this. They really need to hear 
that they can't wait until they have all the skills to do it. You have, you doing it imperfectly now is you, is better than you not doing it at all. Exactly. Oh, I love this. I love this. Okay, Katie. So I love your story of just understanding that we can overcome hard things, that, that our ability to choose joy every day is, is up to us. And just how your whole story of like a former teacher, you developed this curriculum, you created a blog, you became an influencer, you now have a mastermind, you run retreats. Like, tell us more a little bit about that. Like what, what kind of person hires Katie Horner to work with them? <laughs> Most of the women that I work with are women over 40. Um, and, I, and I don't say that because you have to be, but because most of, most of them are. Most of them are, are mature. They, they're in some sort of a life transition, right? In our 40s is when our kids usually are graduating and going off, um, when we're back to being an empty nester, or maybe we're changing careers and things like that. So most of the women who come to me are in some sort of transition and they know they have this message but they may be stuck in the marketing piece or stuck in the technology piece or stuck in um, that it, the confidence to get it out there. Like, I, I know I have it, I, but I'm, I'm still hearing all of the negatives, all of the naysayers, right? How do I do this with boldness? How do I, how do I share what I have to share in a way that will make a difference? And so um, my, my take on that is that, you know, well, you've heard already, your, your message matters. And somebody needs it. But then looking beyond that, like, why do I write so many books? It's not just to influence today, but it's because I want the message I have to give to last beyond my lifetime, right? Why do I create a course? It's not just to make money next week. It's because I want that message, that transformation to be able to continue to have an impact, even when I can't personally be here to do it. And so these ladies, I'm taking them and, and the whole idea of being a queen is the idea of um, looking at the people that you are influencing and saying, how can I make the world a better place for them and for their descendants? How can I make this something that will have a legacy impact into future generations, have a ripple effect that's going to continue to make people's life better even beyond this? And whether that is someone who is helping people get a hold of their finances and break the chains of day-to-day, -day, you know, check-to-check -check livings for their debt for themselves and their kids or get out of debt and teach their kids how to live debt-free, whether it's someone who is helping people have a healthy relationship with their stuff so they can live bigger lives with, with less things holding them down, whether it's someone in a homeschool situation trying to find joy and ease in helping their kids have the best education, whatever niche that happens to be in, I'm trying to teach them to have that impact and, and to have the tools and the tactics, the strategies they need to grow their income so they can have a bigger influence, but then also to have that long-term vision that says, what can I do today that's going to continue to have a ripple effect and an influence even into future generations? Mm, I love that. I love that. And so where can, where can, is this a mastermind program or where can people find you, Katie? And if they do want to work with you or just want to follow you, where can they find you? Well, we've set up a special link for you guys over at katiehorner.com slash she finds joy. I'll put a link there for you to the, the new book and to the mastermind retreats that we're doing and to our connection membership. Um, you can find out everything you need over there. Fantastic. And Horner, by the way, everyone is spelled H-O-R-N-O-R. -O -O so yes, tell us that again, and we'll put it in the show notes, but it's katiehorner.com 
forward slash she finds joy. I love it, Katie. Thank you so much. And thanks for just sharing your story. I feel like, you know, a lot of what my purpose is with this podcast is to really reach women who just know that there is something inside of them that is trying, trying to call itself forth. And my goodness, it is time for us to listen and take action. So thank you so much for your insight and your wisdom. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Whoop, whoop. We did it. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm super honored to share this space with you, and I hope you learned something new and helpful. As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time joining the show, know that I am here every Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can go to that directly if you go to kimstrobel.com forward slash podcast. That will put you in Apple Podcast where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down just a little bit, you will be able to leave that five-star review and just leave me a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. It really helps me. If you let me know how the show has impacted you and how you are striving for more joy in your life, you might be nominated to be the Joyful Woman of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more women unleash their happiness one daring day at a time. So please take a screenshot on your phone, share it out on social media, tag your friends, tag me at Kim Strobel Joy on Instagram or in our Facebook group, kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy. I'm quick to reply and I am super eager to send you some Facebook love. It makes my heart happy to be able to connect and surround myself with other women who are all ready to do this work. So thanks for being here and I'll be back next week. Until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you know that you are enough just as you are. Here's to finding more joy.